You are listening to the Downtown Larned Podcast, the podcast where we aim to cultivate vision for the future of downtown Larned. We are so grateful to have you join us this week. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Larned's Downtown Podcast. We have a couple of guests with us today. Our first podcast with four people, Landon. I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a bit more crowded at the table here, but crowded with ideas and memories and uh, history, specifically for this one as well. So Yeah, well, we got a great episode in store for you. We have Seth McFarlane with us again and Carol Jenkner with us and excited to hear about all the history. Yeah, so, so we were talking and Carol, so this is going to be Seth's, depending on how we split it up, we've recorded three times, but who knows how many episodes that, that ends up being. But Carol, this is second time on and Jared's first time with all of us. So it's a, it's awesome to, to be here. And, um, we've got, so just to pair it up, if you guys have been paying attention, you'll recognize Seth and, and Carol usually come with history. So, um, we're, we're going to be diving into, um, specific buildings. So, um, the, my favorite furnishings buildings, which mm-hmm. buildings, plural, um, I believe it's what, five, five buildings. We're going to cover the first three in this episode. So 401, 403 and 405. So further South and then three in, mm-hmm. um, from the further South building there. So, uh, looking forward to it. Um, good to have you guys back. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So, well, let's let's start off um, on the 401. So that's that's kind of the well, that is the cornerstone building. I think that that's where the sign is facing south of my favorite furnishings. And we actually had uh, Suzanne on in our third episode of all time, um, and she she mentioned a little bit and touched touched briefly on the history. But uh, looking forward to going in a little bit deeper. So what Seth in your episode. You talked about this building being the very first one being built, 401 uh, Broadway, because it was closest to the uh, the railroad, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the first substantial office building. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, there were a couple smaller buildings that were built on site, but yeah, that was the first substantial office building. And that was built as early as 1877, <clears throat> excuse me, and that was with uh, Judge Bright and Harry Booth both. Um, they had partnered, and um, then that was built out of the the brick that came from uh, the Schnack Quarry, right? And uh, and if I remember right, that's the only building that we know of right now that still certainly has that brick, right? The rest of them might have burnt down, or um, well, possibly. I yeah. think you know the the quality of the brick. Um, I think we probably still have. I would imagine that there are still walls and some of these buildings that have some of the early brick, but they found that the uh, higher quality brick came from Coffeyville at a much later time. And so that would, that would be brought in by rail. But yeah, early on they were using a lot of Larned brick for downtown Larned. Cool. So uh, my notes pick us up in the, in the 1890s Lowry harness shop and buggy shop. So what, what does a day in the life look like for a, harness shop and buggy shop. Yeah. You know, they would have had, they didn't have mechanics. They didn't have auto dealers. So a lot of your small towns manufactured their own carriages and Carol can actually kind of talk a little bit about that too, about um, some of the manufacturers throughout Kansas 
So uh, you needed, you know, a, a, usually a blacksmith and you'd need um, probably a furniture maker nearby to do some of the woodworking. Yeah. And um, so that was a, that was a kind of an opportune location to have that because then what is now the bear lot across from that, we're going a block south towards the railroad. There used to be a hotel there, but then that, that location, what we're talking about as far as 401 also was a hotel. So you have basically hotels on at one time on all three corners. Cause wow. eventually you had one on the opposite corner on the East side, right over there by the, where they tore down the buildings, right yeah. by the opera house. Yeah. But then there was the, there was the hotel there on that, on the basically just south of fourth. And okay. then this right. was another hotel. So the vacant lot used to be a, a car dealership uh, lot. And then, so it's just right next to the welcome in right. building. Right. Yeah. For yeah. modern How, day reference. Was that a, was that a pretty big building? A three story, two story? Uh, the that, hotel, I believe. That hotel started out as Booth's <clears throat> hotel <throat> and it was wood frame and it was called the Larned house. Oh, okay. And it burnt down and it was rebuilt somewhere around 1900 uh, in brick. Okay. okay. And then, what, the 1990s is when that was torn down? Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. 1990s. I didn't quite make the cut. <laughs> but. but yeah, I mean, it was first a, a buggy and a harness shop. And then, uh, and we also talked to Buddy Taylor earlier about some of this. So. Uh, he was giving us some of his family's history of that building too, as um, they occupied that uh, that address or those addresses for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and so, buddy, if you're listening, uh, we thank you for the information. Um, and then, uh, yeah, 1920s that becomes the so 401 uh, becomes the Mitchell Hotel, and then it was closed during the Depression for just a few years. I think up to five years, and then Dylan's Grocery Store ended up purchasing that location. And uh, they were there for a number of years until CO Mammal, and that's M-A-M-M-E-L, uh, moved out in uh, 1951, and they moved over to Fourth and Main Street. CO CO Mammal was the Dillons, the Dillons. No, that was a different. That okay. was a different um, business. Okay. Yeah. So, did do you know if Dillons moved out of that building, and then that's when they built? The, Correct. The one. Okay. Their their modern location. Location. Sure. Sure. Um, over on Main Street. Um, there at one time was a dentist upstairs, um, and he, that was Dr. Whitwer, W-I-T-T-W-E-R. And he lived up there in what was the former hotel, um, that had been divided up into apartments. And so, uh, he and his wife lived up there for uh, several years, even when Buddy's dad had their furniture store there. Oh, okay. And, uh, they moved there. Buddy's father's furniture company was over there, uh, just West of where the Tiller and Toiler office is today. Okay. And then they moved there around 1952 and then Buddy uh, returned to Larned and joined his father in business in 1966. And then basically his father retired around 1969. And that's when Buddy took over all of the remainder of those addresses that we're going to be talking about. Okay. So- and, so when the furniture store moved to 401, it just was 401. They didn't have the Correct. 402, 403. Correct. But I'm kind of jumping ahead on this because we are um, actually uh, overlap or we're, we're missing some of the early history. So going back to 401 in the early days, that was actually the first post office too. So if you're standing there on the outside of the building and you look um, north, so you're looking at the south wall of, of 
of 401, you'll notice that there are bricked in windows and there are bricked in doorways mm -hmm. towards the back of the building. That was the first post office. I'm going to disagree with you there. Uh -oh. That was not the first post office. The first one was in a wood frame building. Oh, right. And then the one in the Booth and Bright building was the second post office. Right. Okay. Well, very good. Yeah. And I believe you. there's pictures of that. If yes. You, if you Google, maybe you can Google it. I don't know. I think that I, Seth, you gave me some pictures so I can post them with the, mm -hmm. with the episode. But yeah, it's, it's very clear. There's a, there's a wall there and, and you got a mixture of stores it seemed like at the time. And, and, uh, the post office was just in the back and they kind of had that side entrance, uh, probably a good, good spot to be with the Larned house facing facing that direction. So. Well, and um, there are some interior pictures of the postcard in our collection, uh, postcard interior pictures of the post office in our collection. Mm -hmm. And we can, we can provide you with copies of those. And, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so good. that you can post those. But yeah, by 80, 1884 though, the post office was listed uh, at that address. Okay. And um, then there was a furniture store and uh, there was a druggist also at that location. Um, and that was in 1884 by 1887. Then, um, there's also a barber on the second floor and, or I'm sorry, I'm, t I'm telling you wrong. That's actually, uh, it was, uh, down in the basement and there was a clothing store. There's a barber in the basement mm -hmm. in, in 401. Uh, that's what it's listing here. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's the basement that you came crumbling down to on the elevator. It Jared. Was. Yes. <laughs> it, I don't know if you guys, you guys probably didn't listen to Suzanne's uh, podcast, but, um, Jared wrote, rode the elevator down. It crashed three floors in that building. Um, and you ended up in the basement or not quite, not quite. It, it, uh, the chain snapped when we were at the top of the floor, Okay, myself and Arthur Dick, yeah. Wrote it down and thank God that it jumped off its track and got tilted. So about just not too far in between the bottom floor. So metaphorically, you you uh, started at the at the dentist office. You yes. you fell through the the buggy into the, the post shop. office. Yeah, and uh, yeah, about made barber. it to the barber. About wow. the barber shop. Yeah. <laughs> what a trip! I get there. Yeah. <laughs> Can we go back to the crouches? Yeah. They were actually the first tenants of the Booth and Bright building um, on the storefront. Now, the harness shop may have been behind or it may have been a separate building. But in the Booth and Bright building, um, something that I just read, because I'm researching the Crouches right now, um, said that they were the first tenant in 1878. And they had moved from 9th and Broadway what they called the stone block down here. They also had shops in uh, dry goods stores in Great Bend, Wichita, and Topeka. Wow. And they were a Jewish family. They partnered with the Samuels family, also a Jewish family, and they both had dry goods stores. So, Carol, dry goods, what, is, what does dry goods entail? Um, it's clothing. It's fabric to make clothing. It's sewing, okay. sewing supplies. Yeah. So... Dry, literally dry goods. Okay, yeah. And those were the Crouches. Right. If anybody's K related to the Crouches, let us know. Uh, K-R-O-U-C-H. K-R-O-U-C-H. Right. 
Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard the name, but as Seth and I had talked, that doesn't necessarily mean he, he's shared some some interesting stories of um, just people reaching out from moved away, reached out, and and uh, appreciate the history that is that has gone on with their family mm-hmm. um, here in town. So, well, and then on the second floor. Uh, while the Crouches had the dry goods store in the bottom floor, the second floor was given over to the county commissioners because the courthouse wasn't built until 1880. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's before we move on. Um, that is, that is one concept that we're trying to achieve with this podcast is, is not only uncovering some of these stories, but uncovering the relationships and, and the roots that, that people have associated with Larnet. Because just with our history, there naturally comes a lot of relationships that maybe just people don't know about. So mm-hmm. um, getting, I think that history allows us to expand our horizons and um, not only pull on the strings of, of the people here in town, but pull on the strings of the people who used to be in town and, and their great-grandparents who started uh, businesses. So... That's what I'm excited for, to hear uh, some of those stories unearth, which I, I think that'll be soon to come, it sounds like. So we, we left off, uh, the barber shop in the basement. Um, Buddy came in, ex- eventually expanded the the furniture store into what what is now the rest of the buildings. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one by one, just started to acquire those, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if you haven't been in there now, they've got the wall. You don't have to weave in and out of the buildings to to get to each one they they put a hole in the wall right uh, doors and whatnot so it's basically all just one one big section so um that that progressed throughout time but um leading us into the next building 403 which would be right next to 401 that we've been talking about um what what did you guys unearth there uh, well, 403 um, originally was a, a framed, and this is, you know, even throughout the 1890s, that uh, that was actually a wood-framed building, and uh, it had been a, a vacant lot, um, and it had been wood-framed, and then eventually it would be bricked in. Now, Buddy tells me that when he bought it, he bought it from the Humbergs, and that it had been a variety store, and they sold, you know, appliances, hardware, toys. But before that, it had been uh, 1892. It's a drugstore. Um, by 1911, it's actually uh, a secondhand clothing store. Okay. Um, but it had been a, a drugstore early. By 1884, though, it was also a warehouse and a uh, an auction house. Okay. So, yeah, probably a good spot to have a warehouse when you got a buggy buggy shop next door, mm-hmm. probably much needed, but so original warehouse type, type place turned into a drugstore for quite a while, then turned into a miscellaneous, um, appliance and, mm-hmm. and, uh, toys, he said. Right. It, I mean, it was a variety store. So, you know, yeah. this is in the days before we have, um, you know, your, your large commercial stores like TGNY or mm-hmm. Alco or Gibson's or right. today Walmart, you know, this is back in the day that, uh, you know, they carried a little bit of everything. And that way, um, as, as Carol said earlier with the dry goods, this is kind of the next phase of that where, um, you know, you get your, your clothing at your dry goods store, but then you'd get all of your other miscellaneous at yeah. the variety store. 
You know, when we first started looking into these episodes, these historical episodes, I had pictured going through each one and it just being clear cut. You know, this was kind of like in our first episode, this was a bakery for a hundred years, right? Um, and then it turned into this and it, and it was clear cut. But I'm finding uh, based off of your guys's expertise that it's, you know, business as it is now back then was cyclical, you know, and, and you had to adjust with the times or else you were, you were in and out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important to notate, you know, turning the turning over of businesses, you don't really ever want to see that, but that's also part of the the business cycle. So, um, it can be discouraging seeing some of these businesses in, in and out just in our recent histories. Um, but, looking back, that's, that's all that it, it's ever been. And, and probably all that it ever will be. Mm -hmm. If you, if you can't adjust and find it in its most basic sense, a need for a customer, then you're going to be out pretty quickly. I mean, I guess if you want to put it in like modern comparison, look at a, uh, like modern day strip mall or even a shopping center where you've got all these different businesses and they're, they're going to be a variety anywhere from a barber to a nail salon to a, uh, a shoe shop to a coffee shop. And, you know, those are going to migrate as your population changes and as your demands change. And so that business may grow. They might open up a second or third location at other towns, or they might just stay there and then close up after six months, stay dormant, and then something else moves into that location. Yeah. And because these are key locations downtown of Broadway, um, they're always going to be in demand. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's the nice thing if you're on the outlier. Of course, those might become absorbed depending on how that town, you know, how the population shifts. But for us, that would always be kind of a key location for downtown Broadway. Sure. So I think that's why you're going to see a lot of change and you're not going to see a business sit idle. Or you might see it with the same focus with different owners, but um, you're never going to see them sitting vacant for very long right. other than, you know, if, if you have a major hardship, like a depression. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, would you agree though, that early on, like in the 1870s, when Larned was just getting started, that um, the in and out was more cyclical mm -hmm. um, because people were still moving West. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we have a lot of residents early on that, that moved on to Dodge City. They just kept moving forward. Right. And right. so I think businesses changed hands a lot more than they do now until you hit the 20th century where you have more stable businesses. Sure. Like, you know, how long has Walmart been around now? Mm -hmm. But then there was Brown Shoe Store and there was Doers, which has been here forever. And Yeah. Well, and a lot of that too is supply and demand. You know, what, what is the local demand? What, how, how available are the resources for your supply? Yeah. You know, can everything be brought in by railroad or today it's brought in by semi? Um, that's, so, that's just interesting because Jared and I obviously have had quite a few conversations now about the, some of the challenges that we face as a community. And it seems like, there's similar challenges to what they face, just different context of people in and out, you know, mm -hmm. with modern day, we, we have a lot of people in with the state hospital or, or the prison out there and then they're out quickly. So, uh, similar challenges, uh, but different, different contexts, different objectives, but mm -hmm. nothing, nothing new and nothing that we haven't overcome in the past. Well, and it's interesting too, how, you know, some towns of that, of the same age have withered up. Some have grown much larger. 
mm-hmm. and some have maintained their, their same size. And, you know, you mentioned the state hospital and we're fortunate to have the state hospital in that sense yeah. that it, it constantly brings in business. Yeah. Right. To learn it. Yep. And it, it, we're also at a crossroads. So um, even though we're not as big as, say, Dodge City or Great Bend, we're still at that point where there's intersection of major thoroughfares. So that really helps us too. Yep. Absolutely. Just like it did back then. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at the we're at a, a key spot in the in the railroad, right? Um, we're at a key spot and highway system as well. Two highways uh, connecting together. So. Um, it's funny that the more things change, the more they stay the same, it mm-hmm. seems like. But, so back to the buildings, we've, we've gone into 403, talked a little bit about that. So now let's head on into 405, the one next to 403, of course, right, right, right to the north. So we're about in the middle of the middle of my favorite furnishings at this point. So I'm sure I, I, I wish I knew their, their section. You're in the lamp section right now. That, Jared, do you, you, you have the inventory on hand? Man, I don't offhand. That sounds right. But the lamp? I'm trying to picture because at one point in time when I first moved to Larned, yeah, I worked at the furniture store and I painted every single one of those rooms. So I'm trying to keep track in my mind. Come on, Jared. What what, what do we got? We got low low ceiling, high ceiling. What do we got? They're, they're all high. Okay. All right. So <laughs> when you painted, had they already been painted or were you painting over you know, like freshly exposed brick wall or. No, it, it had already been yeah. painted before. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it, there's, I'm assuming there's a fresh coat of paint. In fact, I'm pretty sure confident that, that there's a fresh coat of paint over it of what I painted. So really, wow. Yeah. It, that, that was, that may mean you didn't do a good job. It, it's, pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty good possibility. <laughs> myself and Arthur Dick. Yeah. Painting. Yeah. Those and, Wow. We had a great time. You know, you can actually, depending on the, the types of paint um, with historic preservation, you can actually sometimes date buildings by the layers of the paint and wow. you know how thick the paint has been built up yeah. by it's the wear on lead. some of the... Yeah. Right, right. Um, in fact, uh, one of the old hotels I used to be familiar with in New Mexico, they had actually um, brought in an, an architectural archaeologist and she was recessing the modern plaster back to earlier layers to expose wow. a mural that had been painted over. Oh, wow. And, uh, and this mural would have been, I don't know, I, I want to say 1920s, 1930s. And uh, so she spent a lot of time exposing that mm-hmm. by going back through the layers of paint and plaster. Yeah. To plaster is a, a beast in itself. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot stand plaster. It's, it, I, I applaud her for her efforts and, and restoring that. But. but that's why I asked you about, about when you were painting. Cause you know, a lot of times when we look at a building today and you just see a fresh coat of paint, you don't always know what was underneath that paint. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes you look on the exterior of buildings, you look in the early photographs of Larned and you see on a lot of our intersections on these brick buildings, there were these great advertising murals, you know, they had signs and banners advertising the different business in, in that location or further up. And, you know, like your theater or with the opera house, they, they incorporated a lot of the, the, uh, theatrical performances that were going on there and yeah. they, they mixed those into the plaster. So 
That's an that's an interesting concept. But by the time that this episode airs, I don't know if we will have posted our mural episode or not. But um, if not, then um, be prepared for a conversation with uh, the muralist Melanie Ryan, who's planning on trying to do murals here downtown. But that's an interesting concept of maybe we could uh, get together and and recreate one of those advertising murals in a, in a modern way. You know, talk mm-hmm. about a cool way to bring back to life history of of what it used to be, uh, advertising products, and, and put a modern spin on it. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so. Uh, four Oh five. What do you guys got for us? So four Oh five, uh, I believe, and I might, I might have my addresses because as we discussed in our, our last, um, podcast, the, the, uh, the issue with a lot of our modern addresses with our current addresses, or I'm sorry, our modern addresses with our past addresses is sometimes these kind of shifted. And so I believe though that four Oh five, and I might be incorrect that it was a grocery and then there was also a bakery at that location um, somewhere in this vicinity. And it might be 405 and it might be 407, but there was also a pool hall. Um, there was also a bowling alley. And uh, so, and then there it's also the armory hall. And, and that was in 1905, that, that location, um, it was listed as being part of the, um, the armory hall. And so there again, you know, we're looking at these, transitions about every decade more or less. And so you're seeing where these are, are transitioning within anywhere from a five to a 10 year span. And, and, uh, so having something that was like a billiard hall back in 1905 and it was a clothing store and it was also a grocery store. Man. So just in the buildings that we've covered, we haven't even covered a fraction really of the buildings downtown quite yet. And, even it seems like every one of these buildings, including the last episode, has had some sort of food at one point and and sometime. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, looking at downtown, what do we have food wise? I mean, we have great the options that are there are great, but we have scraps. Um, who else has food? Well, and for a while, the break room. Yeah, but, um... right. So you have all these businesses that are intentionally designed to you have to be there to enjoy them mm-hmm. right right um to where now you know we've we've got it we've got state farm insurance to where um we aren't necessarily we're drawing people in occasionally but it's not you know um a day-to-day interact interaction so that is something that's been brought up of it's not that's not necessarily a bad thing that we've got businesses downtown that fill occupying buildings it's just not that daily interaction necessity type type structures. So mm-hmm. I do think that if we are going to see a glimpse of uh, revitalization uh, to to downtown, we've got to be better about creating experiences um, like they like they used to, have, you know, um, it, it, just as you listen to all these previous, sometimes you don't have to recreate the wheel mm-hmm. to be successful. So, well, and that address, I, I forgot to mention that uh, before Taylor Furniture purchased it, uh, they had acquired it from uh, Bobby Yeager and uh, he had had uh, Yeager Firestone there. Um, he had moved in there in the late fifties and stayed there until the seventies when Buddy bought it. And then the, uh, there was only storage on the second floor. Okay. Um, again, you know, if you look downtown, some of these buildings have two and three stories. Some of them only have 
a first floor. And that second floor to me is just as vital as the first, because sometimes those were apartments, sometimes they were um, businesses. And uh, so, you know, life is rotating on, on a variety of levels there. But going back to what you were just pointing out, um, one thing that you see with the early stages of, of Larned and with a lot of towns is that um, they were more self-sufficient. Yes, you brought in your supplies by rail or uh, at that point, probably by uh, mostly by rail, but your towns, all of your industry or, or sorry, not your industry, but a lot of your, your commercial businesses downtown were to provide all of the needs of that community and now, you know, if we need something, we go 50 miles or 100 miles to go purchase art supplies or food or hardware, whereas back then you could get everything yeah. in that town. And or, if you didn't need it, home. you could order it. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. you can stay home and have it come to you. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting how, how times change. And like you said, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Very good. I love talking about each one of these buildings and just trying to picture how they're built and how each business kind of switched some things up and changed things. And even just thinking of the three different levels, because you have 401 and, and uh, 403, that the if you go to the third the third story, you can walk from one to the other. But 405 is its own separate hmm. top, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. I could be corrected, but yeah. just thinking as you're talking out loud, it's so interesting at the different businesses just walking through the building yeah. in my mind. Yeah. No, it's it's been a joy having you guys on today. Um, I'm looking forward to the next episode where we'll talk about, we'll just basically extend the conversation literally uh, to 407 and 409, which are just further north and cap off the, the remaining two buildings, which I believe were the Blue Lounge. And the electric theater, and I know nothing about either of those, so it'll be <laughs> it'll be nice and interesting. So, Jared, you want to take us out? Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Lorna's Downtown Podcast. Catch you guys next episode. We want to thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Downtown Lorna Podcast. We hope that this episode has both blessed and encouraged you. If you haven't yet, go like our Facebook page and leave a comment with your biggest thoughts and takeaways from this week's episode. Have a great rest of your week. God bless.